Good morning. How are you? It's good to see you. Thank you for, uh, for joining us in worship today. Particularly, I'll enjoy it when I'm in the front row and I hear this wall of singing behind me. It's, uh, it is amazing and wonderful and just lifts us into the presence of God in a different and new way. Today is the second in our sermon series, um, God's Plan. And this week we are talking about wisdom. There are a few phrases, uh, wisdom particularly, in decision-making. There are a few phrases that when you hear them, you know someone's going to make a poor decision. Look, no hands. was something my mate Joseph said to me just before he rode into a hedge. I wonder what this button does. What could possibly go wrong? That's something Will and I say to each other fairly often when designing and building things around here. Or of course, the, the most uh, famous indicator of dumb decision-making is the phrase, here, hold my beer. Not that any of you do that. The internet is full of people making dumb decisions in super hilarious ways. We, I could ask for a show of hands and we could have a sharing time as to the funniest video we have seen along these lines. The reality is decision making is not always that funny. Sometimes it's pathetic. Sometimes the bad decisions that people make cause them injury, illness, permanent disability or sometimes even death. You may not ever consider doing a somersault over a moving car. At least I hope you don't consider doing that, or if you do, you consider it very quickly and dismiss it. You may never consider skateboarding off a garage roof. You may never consider snacking on the world's hottest chili or sliding down the railings of an escalator. But you do make decisions, and you do make decisions that impact your life, perhaps not as hilariously but nonetheless, that impact. Uh, about 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with an acoustic neuroma, a form of brain cancer, which is, uh, sorry, a form of brain tumor, which isn't cancer, that's the good news. In treatment, I was given options. I was given the option of surgery or radiation. Surgery was the most commonly used uh, treatment by all the people who'd had this condition. It was 100% effective, but usually resulted in the loss of hearing in one ear. Radiation, on the other hand, took months, a few months. It wasn't 100% effective. It would have meant regular checkups and visits for the rest of my life, or until there was a high likelihood of having to have surgery a bit later on. So you see, for me, it didn't seem like much of a choice, really. I opted for the surgery, as, as many of you would know, and I have no hearing on my left side as a result. But due to complications, not only have I lost my hearing on my left side, but I spent three months in hospital, which, you know, would have been about the same time as radiation, and I went through four surgeries as a result. So we make choices we don't always know, but they have a significant impact. Actually, on top of that, a couple years ago, 
I was telling that story to a, a group of people and uh, one of them was a professor of radiology at uh, UOW and um, he said, oh man, we could have nuked that for you 100%, no worries. And I said, shut up, thank you. <laughs> we all make decisions that impact our lives, don't we? Decisions about work relationships and medical treatment. They're all of them incredibly significant. What subjects should I choose for year 9, 11, TAFE, uni? What trade should I take up? What job do I want to do? Who should I marry? Am I going to have kids? What school should I send my kids to? Should I buy a house or should I rent? What age care place should I suggest for my parents? No, mum and dad, not yet. Should I continue this relationship or break it off? Should I get a second opinion? The age-old saying is that you make your decisions and your decisions make you. So if we are to work out and follow God's plan for our lives, we need to get good at making God-oriented decisions because those decisions will direct us down the best paths possible. We need wisdom to discern. Wisdom to figure out best choice, best options, best decisions. In the blog post, the, the messenger comment this week, I described wisdom as the application of knowledge. And I'm sure you've all heard it before. Knowledge tells us that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom tells us that it doesn't belong in a fruit salad. You see? I'm sure, it, hands up if you heard that before. You heard that before, right? We know, you all know that tomato doesn't belong in a fruit salad though, right? No, it doesn't. That is wisdom. That is the most important wisdom you could learn today, perhaps. Wisdom is the appropriate application of knowledge in a decision-making process, whether you're making a salad or performing surgery. There are books and whole books of the Bible devoted to wisdom. These books are known as, funnily enough, wisdom literature. Ancient wisdom distilled through hundreds of years and recorded for us thousands of years later. A few years ago, we spent some time working through the book of Ecclesiastes, which, is, which was phenomenal and life-altering when I read it and we talked about it. But there is also Job, many of the Psalms, Song of Solomons, and most famously, Proverbs. Today, we're going to look at three aspects or elements of wisdom that we need to be aware of that we need to engage with, we need to think about when we come to making decisions with wisdom. The first is, oh yeah, so I, I've, I've labelled these and I was very excited early this week because I found out this rhyming thing, resemble, request and respond. It's pretty good, right? I was excited. From a, from a preacher, it's exciting, right? Got the alliteration nicely. So we resemble the first thing we do is resemble. And the, thing this, the, the reason I use this word is to, un, to make us think about and understand that we resemble who we hang out with. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. How many of you, your mother said, you shouldn't hang out with that crowd? Yeah. Your mum was right. Walk with the wise and you'll become wise. If you hang out with idiots, you're going to get hurt. 
Uh, one of the important elements of drug and alcohol recovery work is the establishment of new and wise relationships. A well-functioning support groups, experienced mentors are all essential because if all you do is go back to hanging out with the old crowd, it'll kill you. So it's not just for children that we have this message. This message is also for us, for adults. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It is impossible to live a right life when you have the wrong friends. Walk with the wise and become wise. But think about this on the next level. It's not just about the people you physically hang out with. Think for a moment about the people in your digital life. Many of those influence your life, whether you're willing to acknowledge it or not. People on social media influence our choices of what we buy, what we wear, what causes we support, how we feel about social and political issues. These are the people who we digitally hang out with on whatever platform. We don't really know them as friends, despite what Facebook might like to tell us, but we do follow them. We don't actively ask them for wise advice or guidance, but we do subconsciously absorb wisdom from them. It's an important thing to realise. We resemble who we hang out with. One of the reasons we love life groups around here so much, small groups, is that they are real-life supportive spaces where wisdom can be discerned and discussed. If you want God's direction, make sure you are genuinely walking with people who are humbly and gently walking with God. You walk with the wise and you grow wise, resemble. The second thing is request. Here's what Paul says in his, uh, no, so here's what James says, the brother of Jesus. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Wisdom is one of the most important things that we can actually sit down and ask God for. Actually, you don't need to sit down. You could stand up if you wanted, you know. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, was a great king in Israel and the author of the Proverbs. And then he says, when, when Solomon came, became king, he sacrificed a bull as a burnt offering. You know, he was so, so grateful. In fact, he was so grateful that he instead of making a sacrifice of one bull, he sacrificed a thousand bulls as burnt offerings. Imagine the barbecue sauce required. It was an extravagant act of worship. And the story goes that in a dream, God says to Solomon, oh man, I'm so impressed. Maybe he said it in Aramaic or Hebrew, whatever. He said, I'm so impressed with this offering that you've given me. I will give you whatever you want be nice, right? And what Solomon doesn't say, he doesn't say, give me riches, give me power, give me military strength. Solomon says, help me be a good king. Give me the wisdom to know right from wrong. Give me wisdom to make decisions that would honour you. It's no surprise then that he writes in Proverbs 4, 7, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. So request, ask for wisdom. 
It may take time, but I promise you, you can get it every single day. By stopping, by reading Scripture, by praying, you can get it every single day from other believers in a small group. You can get it every day by asking. Bit by bit, it grows. Now, let me give you a clarification. God will not always show you what to do, but He will always give you wisdom, which you can use to decide. Some people sit, they pray, they read their Bible, they talk things over with good and wise friends, they avoid hanging out with idiots, and they still don't feel like God is telling them what they should do, and they get upset. But you see, many times God won't. He always promises wisdom. He doesn't always promise answers and clarity. I love the bit of the Bible where Paul writes to a church in Corinth. Paul is this great leader of the church. First century, he is perhaps one of the um, most significant people in Christian history after Jesus Christ. And he writes this, if you want to turn with me, you can, it's 1 Corinthians 16, 6-9. Perhaps I'll stay with you for a little while, or even spend the winter, so that you can help me on my journey, wherever I go. For I don't want to see you now and make only a passing visit, I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. But I'll stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, because the great door of effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. It doesn't sound that decisive, does it? Has anyone read that before or thought about that? And I can relate. There are times, you know, there are times in Paul's life we have recorded where certain doors open, certain events take place. And Paul has visions and dreams and things and that gives him real clarity about what his next steps should be. But it wasn't always like that. He was a regular guy trying to figure out the next best step, just like us. Which brings us to the third aspect of wise decision-making. We have heard King Solomon's warnings that we resemble who we hang out with, so don't hang out with idiots. We've heard the Apostle Paul encourage us to request wisdom from God, so hang out with God and ask. And finally, we hear from Mr. Miyagi, who encourages us to respond. I like the original Karate Kid. Who likes the original Karate Kid? Are there any heathens among us who prefer the Jaden Smith version? Has anybody watched Cobra Kai, the kind of sequel on Netflix? Yeah, it's on my watch list, we'll get there. And I have to admit that I'm a terrible parent and I have not yet shown the original Karate Kid to my daughters. But you'll be happy to know it's on the list for this coming holiday. Anyway, Mr Miyagi says this, Daniel's son, we must talk. Walk on road. Walk on right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later get squished like grape. Does anyone remember that line? It's an important one, we shouldn't forget it. It's really true and what I want to say this morning is this, don't be afraid of making a mistake. The biggest mistake you could make is perhaps not making a decision, where you end up in the middle of the road, squished like a grape. Sometimes not making a decision 
is the wrong decision. So we have seen today in our text a time where Paul was trying to figure out what he was going to do next, and he's all kind of wishy-washy. We know there are other times in Scripture where God clearly directs Paul through circumstances, dreams, and consultation with other wise people. And there are other times where Paul makes the call. Uh, In a letter to the Thessalonians, he writes, So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. He didn't say, the Lord spoketh unto me and said, Paul, this is what thou shalt doeth. Because God speaks in the King James. That's not what he said. He says, when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We thought about it, we considered it, and we responded. We applied all the wisdom we had developed so far in life, and we thought it best. There are times in life where you just have to make a decision. Don't be afraid. Make the best call you can. Relate to people you want to resemble. Request wisdom from God, then reflect on your experience and respond to the decision you have to make. Respond. It means decide something. Because, like Mr Miyagi says, not responding often results in being squished like a grape. Would you stand with me as we finish this morning in a prayer? Lord God, this morning we pray for wisdom. We know wisdom rubs off on us from the people that we hang out with. Help us, we pray, to remove ourselves gracefully from the company of idiots and to find good and wise people to follow. Help us, help us to unfollow or unfriend people on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, who do not display godly wisdom. God, please also give us the patience to ask for wisdom from You. Help us to spend decent time, devoted time to following You, learning from You, absorbing wisdom from You and Your Scriptures. And God, give us courage to respond in the wisdom You give us. Give us the courage to step left, step right or stay the middle according to the wisdom You give us. Lord, this morning we acknowledge that we need the wisdom that only you can give. Pour upon us your spirit of wisdom in its fullest measure in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Remain standing as we'll sing our final song. Thanks, Fiona.